0: Hey guys, welcome to the Get Bodyed Podcast. I'm gonna hand it over to your boy, Shar Seth,
1: that was phenomenal. Audience, welcome in. This is episode 32. Guys, we have a phenomenal guest today. Someone that will blow your mind. The first ever person, besides one of the co-hosts, to do an intro. Oh yeah. And some may even say
2: the Golden Podcast. It's like your golden birthday, but you have a 32-year-old on the 30-second podcast.
1: That's right. Before we jump into some show note details, audience, we have the Patreon. It is live. We have 10, zzz, 10 no, just 10, 10 members <laughs> yeah. on the Patreon. It's still free. <laughs> it's still free. But only for a limited time. Yeah, for a limited time. 10. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Somebody else is out there
2: test driving your Pantheon right now, so if you don't commit at this moment, it will probably be gone when they get back.
1: Yes, audience, there's phenomenal questions on there that you can ask, polls up right now, more details to come. Check check the link out in uh, the show notes below. But guys, who do we who do we have on the podcast today?
2: You forgot to intro your co-hosts.
1: Oh my gosh. Who am I even talking to? <laughs> I was so thrown off because Seth did such a good job. Audience, this is who? Char. A.K.A. your boy share. <laughs> yes. co hosts Give it up for the jungle kitty himself. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <What is that? laughs>
1: Sorry, hairball. <laughs> David Dutton. And of course, the beautiful, amazing Dr. Luke.
3: Hi, everyone. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I eight, don't think he's gonna stop. Nine. I'm gonna hit the button again.
2: Ten. 10
1: Eleven. David, tell us a little about 12. Seth. 13 I, 13, Thirteen. I thought for sure you were gonna 14,
2: be like, like at least count 14, Dracula, 14. like Wah. 16. <laughs> <laughs> Two, Doctor Doom. Ah, ah, ah. So, guys, today is a special podcast. We have Seth on the podcast and... Miles? Miles. Yes. Seth Miles on the podcast. Your last name's not actually Miles. Though.
0: Middle name. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, Seth Miles Dunn. Seth Miles Dunn. My Beanie's maiden name is Miles. Ooh. So my dad's middle name is Miles. My I looked beans. him up on the public records. Let's go. Uh-oh. We cover a lot of ground.
1: I think you got a local boy that we hear a little bit about his childhood. We actually um, hear a lot about his childhood. We unpack... Uh, Some of his inner thoughts, his heart a little bit about his childhood, things that kind of make him tick, some things that make him work. And then we, I mean, we cover a lot in this episode, but all good things. I'm very excited. Audience, you're going to really want to check the whole episode out. Stay tuned. Get ready for a great episode.
0: you're a local boy i right? am yeah for the most 60 percent local yeah so where the other 40 percent yeah local. are you like nelsonville i guess that's pretty local nelson you lived in Nelsonville? yeah like during the summers i'd say oh okay. yeah so i so what i usually tell people is i schooled in sunbury big walnut and i, I grew up in nelsonville my Grand grandparents eagles. had like this go 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 golden eagles yeah um they had uh, where's like a where's nelson
2: in north carolina athens <laughs> Oh.
0: Um, Ohio. Near york okay. Yeah. okay. So we had they had like a sixty five acre what? hobby farm and there were like goats, llamas, dogs, lots of dogs, chickens, everything. Mm. Um, so I think a lot of my like learning was down there. But uh I went to school in Sunbury and uh yeah. Wait, so, so what did that look like? like every summer you're out in, in Nelsonville or like... I was down there a lot with my Beanie, my, my uh, grandmother and Papa John. So that's... They were, who were down there and my aunt and her kids lived on that farm. So she had three kids, um, my cousins. And uh, we'd just run around and do whatever the grandparents told us. And Beanie was... Is uh, like a... I don't want to call her a hippie. She's like the original hipster. Okay. So like... Everything was new all the time. Always trying new stuff, and that that like blew my mind as a kid. So hmm. that was my eyes were opened down in Nelsonville.
2: Give me an example of
0: something new she tried that you're like, man. Uh, my first Jello fight. Oh, Jello fight. Like literally, we just made Jello to throw it at each other. Yeah. Mm. Two quick things. Then spaghetti, and then spaghetti squash. And then... what? What year was this? Oh, I was probably like or six it was 90 90, 90s. 90 96 97 second wait, you, you, you born, born in 1990 huh you born in 1990 91 wow yeah okay. i'm 32 wait isn't this your 32nd episode yes let's go that's providence yeah Rhode that's Island, that is pretty
1: incredible
2: yeah. so you had two questions
1: yeah yeah the other one so, wasn't really a question it was more of a statement but he had oh tons sunscreen of on the
0: face <laughs> <side. laughs> i love how you just put it into your into your like pull it like pull up i have no one to impress anymore <laughs> I, <laughs> i'm impressed I, I, i'm locked down I, i've got the good woman i've, I've got a kid so so if you
2: if you look at a picture of yourself like if you're like man you see young Seth. like uh-huh. what do you see like where are
0: you like uh Probably pretty, I was pretty sickly, so I still a little <laughs> sickly run. <laughs> oh yeah, probably yeah. <laughs> sickly is in like real yeah. thin, or are you always sick. You know, I, I was always very short, very thin. Um, I, my mom and dad, when I was an infant, my mom and dad always talk about how like uh, my dad slept with one hand on my heart and one hand one foot on the floor because I was constantly in the hospital and stuff. Um, so I think at that age, I was pretty pretty scrawny, um, but. Uh, Yeah. I think that's, that's what I would see. And, uh, but like, then again, that's my natural nature to like pick myself apart. Yeah. I I was a happy little kid. Yeah. Getting into trouble. What was your relationship with your, your parents? Like, um, they worked really hard. Um, and my mom worked from home, uh, for the first few years. And my dad was, uh well he started as a builder. He worked with my uncle building houses in Sunbury, Big Walnut, New Albany area, and then he uh started working as a grounds manager for West Camp Press. Woo-hoo. My
2: guy. Go print.
0: Um, where he's at now. But um they worked really hard. Um so my sister, she's six years older, um, kind of was like one of my parents, um, because we were kind of left to our devices a lot. And when we went down to Nelsonville, like they would be working and yeah. I would be aunt sisters and chairs and my beanies. Like that's, you know, who, who would raise us, which it's a pack of wolves, you know, <laughs> a bunch yeah. of cousins and stuff. So we are left to our own devices a lot, but, um, I watched them work really hard. I think that's what I would summarize my childhood. Like mm. watching them be awesome and work hard.
1: Mm. Were you, were you close with your parents? Um, hmm.
0: that's a really good question at times. Um, I think every, every family dynamic has some, like, at least a little bit of hard times. And I definitely remember hard scenarios with with both of my parents. Um, I'm closer now with both of them than I ever was in my life. And I I remember definitely apex points where I, I kind of had a ridiculous amount of freedom too. So I would just leave the house for however long it took for me to cool my chops because I, I was an ornery surly boy but uh, yeah surly boy surly but uh, yeah so it was probably mixed bag yeah I think the coolest thing about my parents though is their ability to continue to change and evolve and become better it inspired me to try and do the same right so they were hardworking and maybe we didn't get along all the time or I didn't see him all the time but now they're both saints like I, I don't know what else to say I worship my mother and father um and I think like the trial and error <laughs> process you can get into the nitty-gritty and it can get pretty ugly but I don't really care about that because that's all left to perception it's not my reality now my reality now is awesome so mm-hmm. I mean grandma's with Obi and my mom right or uh and my wife right now. So well, still
2: you call her Beanie?
0: Beanie's my grandmother, my dad's okay. mom. Okay. Um Grandma, Obi's grandma, my mom doesn't she doesn't have a name yet. She wants Obi to name her. Oh. Oh no way. Yeah. She does not really mind. over. Yeah. Yeah.
2: My uh my mom was real particular. She wanted Nana. And my dad really didn't care. He's like, just call me Grandpa Mike. And then all my kids are just borderline disrespectful. Just call him Mike.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, what the heck, guys?
2: <laughs> so let's cut out the middleman, I guess.
1: I don't, yeah, know. It's like, I don't even call him Mike. <laughs> hey, Mike, come over here. Yeah. Mike. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I My brother's having a baby, <clears throat> I guess in a few months now. And I'm trying to figure out what I want my uncle name to be. Mm. But Grace's is Auntie G. Isn't that sick?
2: G. Auntie G. Auntie. Auntie. So you can't do auntie? It's like that. Auntie. Aunt. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Auntie G. Auntie G.
0: It's yeah. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. it. I almost like Aunt G better. I mean, Auntie G is great, but like Aunt G, my Auntie. Aunt G.
2: Angie. 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 It's good.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so you became Angie? The podcast voted. Yeah. Oh uh, uh, no. Everyone just was like, yeah,
1: it's Angie. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um Oh, that's awesome that's cool like grown jelliphytes and that's a, that's fun man that's that's a precious memory yeah um there are these Oaks twin Oaks that, like grew together like we'd always walk out there and walk back we had mm-hmm. these bunch of dogs that we good memories down there yeah, yeah 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 they still got the farm out there oh really yeah
2: they grow things there or they just <sighs> this
0: space I guess it's really well maintained now yeah this is oh, there's nice. a lot of horse pasture um and uh a lot of horses. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they're
1: growing as much as they were. But, uh,
0: yeah.
1: When... Um, <clears throat> so, I, I guess you had mentioned that 40% in Nelsonville, 60% in <laughs> Sunbury. Mm-hmm. You grew up in Sunbury going to Big Walnut. Mm-hmm. Did you play sports?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so played football. I ran track for a while. I wrestled for a while, and I played rugby. Yeah. yeah. And then I swam... Wreck League in Westerville when I was younger than that, but uh, um, yeah, so played on that. Um, the Westerville Worms took me a second um, when I was in rugby, and that was mm. that's probably my favorite. The tat on your thigh—that is the tat on my thigh.
1: If anyone was ever
0: wondering, that red squiggly thing. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's not a tornado. It's a worm. What's that? It's not a tornado.
1: It's not a tornado. Everyone thinks it's a t- 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 tornado. Yeah. Yeah. No. When you look back on your childhood and high school, maybe even younger, were there any big learning moments throughout that time? And yeah. If so, what were like the big ones for you? Um, hmm.
0: you yeah, know, I I had mentioned this earlier. I think a like recurrent theme in my life is figuring out that there's only so much you have control of. Um, I had mentioned that it's kind of left to my own devices a little bit. And, um, from an early point in my life, I, I, I saw a lot of people that struggle, struggled with, um, severe depression. And, um, and eventually I found out that I did too. And, uh, like wrestling with that was really difficult and, what that can do to your decision-making. Um, and so I think I decided somewhere in high school that like I can control those impulses or, or dark thoughts or whatever the case may be and, 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 and learn how to steer, steer clear from them. Um, and uh, that was big moving into like college and, and then so on and evolving that thought as I grew and kind of like the realm of what you actually control what you don't control um, and the decisions that you can make so you can gain control over a wider net of aspects of your life, right? So um, just kind of like a matrix there that you could put together. And so that's where my mind sits now and I think that started uh, mm. watching people work through some of those things with severe depression and some really hard thoughts. Yeah. If you were to call
2: yourself like let's say i give you a like a time travel phone and you're like hey i get to talk to young seth yeah, at any point in the journey like hey i'm watching some people deal with this or like this is pre-high school where i i really it kind of turned a new leaf what would you what would you tell yourself what would you tell young self so
0: um yeah i think initially me now would want to tell me to intervene, like go make sure that bad things don't happen. Right. And, and, and and that measure. Um, but that's not effective. Um, so I think I would tell him to, to like do your best to love and don't beat yourself up. So, um, like people deserve your love and you deserve to be loved. um, and there's not a lot more important than that, than, than being open and honest and being caring um, for everyone and, and people who need it. Um, people have a place, if they think so or not. And I think that that's something I would, I would tell little me. Um, and to seek those people out and to include them. Um, it was a little bit of a bully, too, because mm-hmm. of where I was at. Like I said, I was I was sad and uh, I, I had a lot of sadness, saw a lot of sadness. And one of the ways that I made myself better was pushing others down. Hmm. Um, and now that I'm here, I, I recognize that. And uh, it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah, it, sh- it, it feels shameful. I don't like shame. I don't like guilt as a concept, but it feels shameful now. Um, yeah. I think those would be things that I would lean on. Spread the joy. Spread the love. Mm-hmm. I, I think you know, reading between the lines, there is um, there is a decent amount of uh, I saw a lot of self harm at different places, different junctures, both in my high school and outside of, and to the point where it it affected lives. And um, I think that. Is, is what stands out to me as far as corrective things that I'd tell myself. Yeah. 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 Quick plug for better help and calling nine, eight, eight. If you're ever feeling sad, just saying, yeah. The, yeah.
2: Well, I think that's, I think part of my thought process is, you know, what would you tell other people that are, I, I think the, the follow up question is, yeah. What would you tell somebody that's in the middle of that right now? Yeah. And so I, I, I hoped that, what you would tell yourself would translate, but is there something that you're like, Hey, I know that, that I would also tell somebody else this. That's, you know,
0: I think one of the key things now is, is when you're seeing that is unless you are a professional, you have to recognize that you're not. Um, so if you see someone in crisis or dire straits, you have to recognize that you can be a friend, but in most circumstances, you're not a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to employ um your resources to find that person a professional should they want it or encourage that person hand in hand to find that professional with them. Yeah. Um, And uh, then walk through that process with them and and be a resource and be available. Um, But at the same time for your own security and your own health, like you need boundaries. Um, You can only control what you can, you can only control your decisions and actions so figure those things out. Control your happiness. Control your well-being. Make sure that you're safe and sound. And the more you do that, the more you can lead people to the watering hole, I think. Um, anyway, so that, that pipeline is something that led me to continue to realize what my decisions could be and how they could change yeah.
1: my heart. Yeah. <clears throat> you had mentioned making sure you're safe, you're taken care of. When you were in high school and you had gone through moments or you had seen really hard things or you're, you personally are going through really hard things, if that's externalities that happened or if that's you actually feeling depressed, what were the things that you actually went to or ran to or mm. did to get you out of that?
0: My best group was, I mean, I mentioned the rugby guys and that, that was a good fellowship, but my, my most tight fellowship was, uh, um, my worship group. My, we It was a cell group. We called it. And it was a group of uh, group of young men who you know, went to Bible study every Sunday evening, um, at this farmstead on 61. And it was a good group of guys. Uh, mm-hmm. and we kept each other in check and, airing our our grievances about growing up as a you know you know everything everything you do going through puberty whatever you know yeah um and so that that was a good group right um and we had good mentors too Mm. um and then my i think a mentor that i had was my high school girlfriend's dad doug missman was an amazing man So he was a parole officer and became a counselor in Delaware later on. Um, And he was always an ear. I could have told that guy anything and I felt protected. I felt safe. Um, So finding those people in your life are important. I know you, Shar, talk about mentorship and how important that is to you. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I, I think I don't. It's hard to disagree with that, right? But I I felt that growing up. Um, so that group of guys, yeah. you know, that individual, um, and then unfortunately, like I said, like. Well, I guess your your question was healthy ways to do it, right? Or no, no, no the ways you did it. <laughs> uh, so they're the healthy things. Uh, when it got probably too much, is like I said, I, I mentioned bullying, and mm-hmm. I mean, um, yeah, I. I Found myself in a, in a place of, of self harm at one point, and uh, I went to Doug is, is my point, and eventually found the, the right means to mm. remove some pretty pretty uncontrollable aspects of, of who I was um, and, and work towards health. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely found myself in that moment.
1: Yeah, I think the underlying piece in all of that is vulnerability in being real with the people around you. Yeah. We, me and Luke had talked about earlier in this past week, uh, this analogy you could say of what's the best way to kill a frog with water. Um, <clears throat> instead of, if you want to kill a frog, you don't just throw it in a pot of boiling water. You put the pot, you put the frog in the pot of water and you slowly crank up the heat. Mm. And it slowly kills the frog. And that <clears throat> heat is kind of some of the dark stuff going on in our lives.
0: Mm.
1: You look at someone's life and you see, man, look at all this hardship, this brokenness. And you immediately see it in its fullness. And you're like, whoa, that's a lot of hard stuff going on. How, man, that's you're in a really tough spot. Kind of maybe some of the things that you had mentioned previously, say some self-harm or some bullying stuff. But if you take a step back and you say, how did you get that point to that point Mm -hmm. was probably because we weren't sharing or we weren't being vulnerable. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the importance kind of what you had mentioned with Doug and with the people in your life.
0: And I think to some point, like as you take on others, scenarios and, and you involve yourself and and you want to be a helpful, but you don't find your own help. Like you're adding water to the pot or you're adding heat to the pot in that analogy, if I'm following it, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? And um, you're getting to that point a little bit faster. I guess that's my point is like, you have to find self care. um You, mm-hmm. you have to find those structures. um And I, I think that could be fellowship. I think that's co- like quite often fellowship with, with your groups, with your group of people. and And I guess when I say that, yeah, that's vulnerability and talking to them about your stuff. Yeah.
2: I will say that you like, um, (laughs) one of the things that stabbed me in the heart about what you're saying is, is I was like, Oh, it was your girlfriend's dad. That was that like a mentor to you. And I'm thinking about just having a 10 year old daughter and you know, beating up the boys that are, are <laughs> like, like there's two, there's two sides of me from on that coin of like one side is, Hey, I, I want to love high school kids, but, I, but not the kid that my daughter brings home, you know? <laughs> and what a man was to say, Hey, no, like I'm going to be the, I'm going to, I'm going to separate these two sides of me to know that, Hey, this guy may not be with my daughter forever, but I'm going to take care of him. I just, that's a, that's a really cool, mm-hmm. it's convicting story for me to reframe the fact that like, Hey, no matter who comes in my house and how they relate to my kids, they may need my ear.
0: And I think you bring up a point that was true in my life is that when I needed him the most, I, I wasn't with his daughter anymore. And in yeah. fact, that was a large part of where I found myself and why I wasn't putting myself, you know, mm. in the highest of, of degrees. And mm. yeah, he, he sought me out to, to help me out too, wow. while keeping his his daughter. In, in first order, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. What is your, and you had, and now I'm kind of circling back to this a little bit. What is your relationship with your dad like when you were in high school or that stage of life? It, um,
0: unpredictable. Um,
1: also,
0: I remember one moment where, I remember being things were hot and, and and people were angry and I didn't help, you know, and I'm sure, but I remember being chest to chest with my dad and, um, thinking that like this was going to come to blows. And, uh, I think I know he thought it too. We've talked about it. And, um, I don't know why, but, Instead of that coming up, I, I, we separated and uh, I had left and stayed with a friend of mine for a while. Um, you know, so, and his thing was, (laughs) it it, it was the way that he showed love was, um, you know, text me 10 AM, let me know you're alive. And like, that was, that was a lot for me. Um, like that was his way of saying, you know, I love you. I need to know where you're at. Um, so every time, every day at 10 AM, I'd make sure he knew where I was and that things were okay. I was okay. Um, and you work back from that. Yeah. And I don't know if that started until, uh, until I was in college, like working back from those moments. Um, but we did, um, he's my best friend today and he's a different person than he was and so am I Mm -hmm. it's those things that you control Um, and uh, so if that summarizes what that might have looked like
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah Um,
1: yeah it's always it's always so tricky and I think for me um, with my relationship with my dad when I was a kid it really was I didn't get along with my dad.
0: Yeah.
1: He, I, I looked back at the moment when I was in high school and I said, I do not want to be anything like my dad. And <clears throat> I look back now and I kind of see some of the things that he was trying to instill in me. It, it's funny. There's like three different phases. I feel like with being a kid with your, with your dad, you have the first few stages and this is maybe before you're like 10 but your dad is your hero. You know, the, the guy that you goof around with, hang around with you, play Nerf together, your guys are wrestling and fighting, but then you, you sort of hit a stage of life where now you kind of fight with your dad and you demonize your dad a little bit. Uh, you don't understand what he's doing, but in his perspective, he, he kind of wants you and he's trying to now, shape you into the man that you know you ideally like you to be later on in life and then after that stage of life when you're like dad why are you so hard on me kind of circles back around to it
0: and i feel like you said this already but the question then becomes like how do you really listen to someone's perspective and how do you translate that from you know yeah father to son is a great image and capsule of of that but um i mean brother to brother, brother to sister, like, how do you really translate perspective? Um, and who are you, how are you taking the time to hear it? And I, I don't think in general we as a people do that nearly enough. Um, like I, I even find myself at like, when's the last time I truly heard someone out mm-hmm. and it wasn't today, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I'll be honest. Um, yeah. but, um, yeah. yeah it's funny you say that because I remember up through high school up through those moments like I wanted to be my dad I wanted to work in his craft I wanted to be a craftsman I, I didn't want to go to college I wanted to do what he did and um, yeah and then that came I think that discrepancy that discord mm-hmm. um you got to find your, you got to try and find your way back to it. Mm-hmm. Find your way to forgiveness. <laughs> That's like a whole nother can of worms. <laughs> Forgiving someone based off of perspective that you have, but they might not have.
2: I, so it's interesting even hearing you two talk and hearing your journeys with your dads and how and knowing some of the backstories of what hap- has happened in your childhood. And, and then... Uh, finding your way to forgiveness, I think it's it's interesting. I'm only like I don't know ten years into being a dad, but like the 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 moments that I have that I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to redo. Like I don't even think I think mm-hmm. there's so many things as a dad that I, that I'm starting to look back and reshape the perspective of my own father. Yeah, right. Because I th- I think there's so many things. You know, or, or um, Megan and I were talking about the other night about, like, go, if I could go back and react and and spend more time with her dad, who's passed away, hmm. just because there were things in the moment that I didn't understand, that I just didn't pick up. Yeah. Like, there's things that I'm like, no, I, I, and I, and I don't f- feel over of shame about it. But the things that I know now, you know, 10 years in the future that I didn't know. I'm like, man. And so I just, I think that like part of the story is you have a kid and a father and what's going on. But part of the story is also that I'm trying to understand his perspective of like, you know, I, I, when I was a kid up and up until now, I still think my dad was like, no, like you, I assumed you got a manual. You knew exactly what you were doing. And like, and then the older I get, the more I'm like, you know, Holy cow he was a young man that was trying to do his best you know I, and so i'm i'm thinking out loud cuz i'm seeing some of what you're saying through this perspective where even in the last couple of days i've had events where I'm like i don't know if i'm i i don't know if that was a good decision or a bad decision with my kids so
0: mm-hmm. i mean i you said 10 years i'm 10 months in yeah. and like i i can feel that like wh- what do you do <laughs> where do you go with that
2: yeah oh yeah there's and and i know it sounds all my brothers and sisters like they just make fun of me because my big aha moments are like, you know, Mom took care of us. And they're like, Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. And I'm like, no, but like she really took care of us. And I was like, and I'll yeah, but but it's the times where for me it's brought home, I'll never forget, we we were in traffic and Liliana just exploded her diaper with that yellow pungent like mm, oh like just diarrhea and yeah. we were in Pittsburgh traffic and we were stopped and she she's screaming crying and we sat in and and so i just remember cleaning out the car seat and it was fragrant i called my mom afterwards i was like hey thanks for your i'm i'm not been the most pleasant person to be around but you you clean that up up for me so
1: thank you mm. yeah but um, so <laughs> i guess we should probably continue the story. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I'm, well, I actually wanted to ask real quick. It, like, Dune
0: is a wonderful book that glosses over the father oh son gosh. relationship. The Atreides family has quite a storied, you know, sins of the father thing with it.
2: So, so here's the actual. So, I wasn't tell us because this is a too long a story. Okay, it's okay but, story. Oh. but before
3: we start, Dune yeah. spoilers ahead. Is the first Dune?
0: Don't watch the first Dune. Is this your
1: first No warning on no the podcast? Sp- <laughs> no Dune spoilers. I've never We're seen. past the statute of limitation. This whatever. This brought home to
2: me am I a... How... Like, Am I a good dad? Did I make a good decision? Did I make a bad decision? Because Theo's wrestling and I adore wrestling. I love the sport. I would love for him to love wrestling and... No joke, I almost got up out of my seat this weekend because a dad was yanking some kid like by his arm through the mat, like off the match, like he was gonna physically harm this kid. Like, there are the parents that burn their kids out and the pressure for it. And my story is also one where I was like, man, early on, I just didn't like the competition. I like to play. So I'm like, so I'm trying to figure out how to create this space for Theo, right? So, very Dune esque. I am, you know, Father Atreides, where I'm like, hey, Theo, you can win, you can lose, but you will always be exactly what I need you to be. My son. And he's like, okay, Dad, can I wrestle? Like, so, like, but I I, rem- I said it to him, I was like, man, like, you I will always be uh, what I want you to be. And so he gets crushed on his first match, just runs into a buzzsaw. Like, this kid looks like he's been wrestling for 10 years and I was like yeah there's no way you're going to be that kid. that's fine <laughs> so the second one he also like gets beat up but fights through both of them doing great having snacks playing with his friends half hour before his last match of the day he's got a big old scrape on his elbow I tell him oh yeah when we get home we're probably going to have to clean it out and I bet you it's going to hurt he's just crying <laughs> So now we're at a juncture where he's been crying for half hours. It's about to be time for his match. And he says, so he has not asked not to wrestle. If he would have been like, dad, I don't want to wrestle. I hate this. I want to go home. I probably would have been like, it's fine. We're done. Right. But he says, I can't stop crying because I can't think, stop thinking about my, my scab on my, on my arm. Right. And so the second Dune moment happens where he's like, Dad, I'm just not in the mood. And I'm like, mood? What's mood have to do with it? You fight when the necess- the necessity arises. <laughs> like, which is something Gurney Halleck says to, yeah. the, you know, young tradies. And so anyways, so I, I'm like, I, I tell him like, hey, you know, we're we going to go out there and wrestle. So I have it on video. And that all is like, he spends, I guess it's, it's five minutes bawling his eyes out crying this kid against this kid he crushes him he hits like three cradles which he's never hit a move before in his life he throws this guy onto his back like but he's crying like it's comical like the first like two minutes of it he's like the other guy kind of shoots in and he like like flops down on his back and is just like tears on the other guy's back and then and then he pins this kid and they get up and he cries even harder (laughs) When it's done, they raise his hand. I have to force him to shake the other kid's hand. And I'm like, am I a horrible dad or am I a good dad? I have no
3: idea. Mm. Like, I don't know. How is he going to remember this? Why is your fatherhood like hidden? Why is it hinging on this moment? I just, because it's so recent and
2: it's <laughs> so it's, like.
0: It's pretty epic. Yeah. I, I, I
2: like uh, It's pretty good. I when I, For me, I feel like. Well, that's the other thing, too. He may never remember that. Yeah. I I may remind him of that. But from, or maybe he's like, hey, you remember that one time that I was not in the mood at all and dad told me it has nothing to do with moods?
0: And then I went out and won. So he'll remember. You know why? Why? I remember when I was 10. Yeah. I was a small kid, like I said. It was my first, like, couple weeks of football practice with the big dog. I was fourth grade and it was fourth, fifth, sixth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was getting beat up by Ethan Wetzel and Jared Hogg these dudes that won the state championship you know later on went on to college and played ball and stuff and um, i remember going to tell my dad like I, I don't want to do this can I go play soccer again and he sat me down and he looked at me and he said I don't care what you do after the season you finish what you start and I was like, I probably cried. It's probably like, no, screw you, Dad. I, I wanna play soccer. I wanna go do yeah. I wanna do my times table. But anyway, um I finished the season and like I loved it. I made a bunch of great friends and yeah. continued playing football until my senior year of high school. And it got me into rugby and it got me into wrestling and all these other yeah. sports and I loved every moment of it. And so on that one moment, like Dad folds. Yeah, he's a great dad. He says he's like, okay, oh, yeah, that's fine. We'll, we'll we'll get you out, and that's cool. And, and that could work. That, that could work. It wouldn't have worked for me. What he told me in that moment worked for me, hmm. which isn't too dissimilar from your scenario. Not nearly as epic. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm like,
2: honestly, I have to show you the video after after. Yeah, uh, that's the that's a Patreon video. Just, <laughs> he's he's just <laughs> okay, crying, yeah. and that's I feel like I'm like order. I'm, and uh, the other coach. It's at one kid, at one point in time, the other, like he comes over me he's like, he's sweet. Like actually the other kid like grabbed his jingle bells and I'm like,
1: (laughs) Oh, the five on two. Yeah. The
2: five on two. Yeah. And it just, but, and so I'm, so you're right though, that as a father too, I have these low key anxiety moments that I'm like, did I just like, did I ruin it? Did I, you know, and I understand that there's a longer, you know, hopefully there's a longer scope of like. There's certain things of do you do you send your kid early or do you hold them back? That that tends to be a big like you know because if you get it wrong, then your kid ends up spending the rest of the life in prison. Like it's just, but it's it's that it's that like that pressure of like it seems like this moment as a parent. So, it, David, so I, it's I not my podcast. It's, it's 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 your podcast, but I I, I don't share remember.
1: Because... I'm not sure if you remember me telling you about <clears throat> kind of early on stages of like I, I I'm still early stage of marriage. But how I described it to <laughs> chess, how I described it Seth. Hey, Seth, are you aware of online chess at all? Uh, yes. So when you, when you play Do chess, you play chess? Are you a
2: chess
0: player?
1: I haven't in a while, but I'm, I've been pretty good. Ooh, I knew it. Seth, I... So when you play chess, there's, especially online, now with these computers, they... After you make a move, they analyze the move that you made. <laughs> Excellent what now that you don't especially these computers yeah i know it was very old soul uh, (laughs) well i was in the eighth grade chess club and we only had the actual board but now it analyzes your moves of like excellent good okay bad or really bad or you blundered and it's sort of like these moments of being a dad because you don't really know the move you've made until you're steps, multiple, multiple moves down the line. And you can make excellent moves on the way. This is the thing I'm realizing. You can make excellent moves, but you make one blunder and it's all over.
2: No. So, so... Or... I want to... So here's the thing is... There's... Keeping in, in theme of what you're talking about, I think that the communication up and downstream is more important than I've ever I've ever really taken uh, like uh, understanding of it here's what I mean by this is that I think so the other night and I'm not going to tell the whole story because it's too long the other night I'm trying to teach Theo a move because basically that was the contingent he'd known zero moves to you taught him the cradle? taught him the cradle the night yeah however he was crying because another he's just an emotional guy he was bawling because his um his toy wasn't hadn't come in yet and so I I thought like you know I teach him the cradle he's crying John's crying it's a horrible wrestling experience for both <laughs> my boys with me and so then Megan was like we're doing this this training this this you know for kids that come from hard places and and one of them is, is like hey you can do a redo and your kids can you can ask your kid if they want to do a redo but you can do a redo and so I went back and I was like hey guys can, we do, can I do a redo I think you know and so we went out and we smash one of my old trophies which was already broken but you know that's and then yeah and and then they and they were like this is great and I was like hey try to do the cradle one more time and you did the cradle it was great it was awesome but I think for me to realize that I can do that with my own sons to communicate and be able to to share my own mess ups but then also upstream like mm. I think that for me one of the things is that my parents didn't um there wasn't tools in place for us to share
0: mm-hmm. like So two things. One, I I feel like, thank you, because you just taught me something having a 10 month old son, and I'm excited about that. But, um, you know, those computers also have redo buttons on those chess games, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So how about that? Oh, yeah. And then the third thing is, like, lived and generational trauma is a thing. Mm -hmm. And like the amount of resources that our fathers had and our father's fathers had it, it it gets smaller and smaller the farther back you go um and i my dad like he he taught me well and and with the resources he had mm-hmm. and so on the story goes and oberon i i'm gonna do everything in my power to to do i the, the purpose should be to be doing better than your father. Like you want to do a better job raising your son and daughter than your father. Every leader's experience should be that, to lead better than the person who led you and to create better leaders than you. Same thing is true for fatherhood and mm. having a son and daughter and having a community. You want your community to be better than the community that you came up in. Um, those are the communities that you should seek out. So that's what your story tells me. And the redo is part of that, I feel like.
1: Mm-hmm. Should we redo the initial question before Seth brought up the Dunes thing? Okay, so oh, no. so so <laughs> speaking of having a baby, yeah,
2: right. You left off it. You were not going to go to college, but then you ended up going to
0: Ohio State. Oh, Bill Stickney, uh, my mom's dad. Um, if I had a chance to go to any other college, I didn't know it because I was. Born and bred, Scarlet and Gray. Um, I literally didn't know that other colleges existed, other than who Iowa State played, which was only colleges from other states. Really,
2: you had a Penn uh, State on when
0: that on when you came in. Well, I know now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in higher ed. <laughs> That's my job. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Bill was in the printing world, um, and uh, he also loved knowledge and uh, they, when I was a little kid, they called me Little Bill. I, I, he was um, I, he was a, a negotiator, a salesman uh, um, epitome of stoicism, like he he's a jokester, kind of a shithead sometimes. He was great. Um, and uh, so, point being it was like the day before it was actually like days after, I'm not gonna lie. it was weeks after <laughs> <laughs> enrollment. And my grandpa was like Seth just go to a class. I was like, what? He's like, just go to a class. I went to a class. I'm like, you're not on the roster. I was told to come to a class. I'm like, who? I was like, no. "Grandpa." <laughs> and little did I know that, like, on the back end, he had taken care of things, like with my mom or something. Yeah, that was, you know, something along these lines. And, um, yeah, and so I went to Ohio State. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Yeah.
2: What did you study at Ohio State?
0: Uh, middle childhood education, nice. And I um, took so I had a stream of in STEM tech, and STEM technologies or STEM teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, and then I taught engineering in grade school for about three years. After that, and did a lot of, a lot of community relations and fundraising to create like these maker spaces for students um, at Reynoldsburg. It was awesome. Are you serious right now? Go pirates! Go pirates! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was a STEM coordinator for Baldwin Road. I feel like we're related. Wait, doesn't your brother work in Reynoldsburg?
2: So my brother works in a STEM program in Reynoldsburg for the high school. For the high school. Yeah, he actually yeah. teaches AP. Yeah, math. my
0: students used to go there.
2: Yeah. I, yeah. Also, I work with makerspaces all over Ohio. Yeah. Like, I'm in Otterbein's makerspace.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because the, like, yeah, the printing. Same. printers yeah. 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 So, um, we had the, um, gosh, I can't remember now. Well, essentially, we had an industrial lab, a soil lab, and a, like, a, I can't remember what the third makerspace was, but, uh, Rob Niedermeyer had the soil lab, which was a sustainable outdoor innovative, uh, lab. So you're just, it was farm bots and, you know, um, hydroponics, hydroponic delivery systems. And I did the industrial arts with sixth graders mostly, which was big gnarly saws and how to use screwdrivers and I ran a class on how to maintain a bike. So we had all these bikes donated and stuff. And they did all the all Oh, that's fun. And we would bike places. Um, We did this. I developed this thing called the Maymester. Well, I didn't develop Maymester. I took Maymester and I took it to K-12. And so like everyone in the school could sign up for like these classes. And one of them was this biking class. And the teachers could teach whatever they wanted. So they were like all in. And so like a teacher taught Harry Potter. You know, and, and all this. It was fantastic. Anyway, so, yeah, I was at Reynoldsburg for a while, and it was a good time. Um, I knew I wanted to return to higher ed. More importantly, I knew that I wanted to be around this one lady. Her name is Kendra. Um, and yes. My, uh, my son, who worked at, when the Alumni Association, and uh, she had mentioned a job opened up, and I applied and snuck my way into higher ed, and I've been there ever since on the development side
2: directing I, I
0: purposely glazed over the college experience mm. just so we all recognize that that's
2: it's purposeful
0: yeah it's another time
2: <laughs> okay
0: yeah, yeah that's fair yeah all right but yeah there's 10 years in a nutshell
2: so the so one question is the easy question
0: sure of like
2: um you said that like if you're looking at a picture of you when you were little that you were like really thin and like spindly mm-hmm. and and now you're not spindly
0: mm-hmm.
2: at what point did you start get, getting beefy
0: when dad said you don't quit until the end of the season
2: oh that was like like but like like that was like your heart got beefy yeah did your like legs get beefy about two years
0: there? later oh okay yeah. <laughs> was it puberty uh, probably, but, but yeah. I, I can actually remember. I can remember three developmental moments like in my life, and, and this could be wrong. Like everyone in fitness that hears this, is a big set. That that's not what happened. That's great that that's in your head, but that's not what happened. <laughs> I remember one night when I was twelve. Are you delusional? I could be. Wow. Yeah. delulu. Um, <laughs> hey man, perception. It's it's, it's certainly true. not, it's not well. reality, but sometimes it can come close. It can't yeah. come close. <laughs> and I think my perception here came close enough and all that like all jokes and all falsehoods are somewhere along the line rooted in the fact you know yeah, somewhere back there yeah right? somewhere okay. I remember one night when I was, I thought it was probably 12 I, I did like 400 sit-ups and I, it was killer and the next day I remember I think it was because of muscle strain I remember seeing that little line in my tummy and I was like oh that's that's what I got because I sat in front of a mirror I didn't like the way that it looked I didn't like who I was on the inside of my head and I didn't like any of it so I was like I'm gonna change something I'm gonna control me I did. Four hundred subs.
2: What we learned now is that the next day they're probably in the morning and
1: the shadows were just right.
2: Mm. That's probably what it was. In the right it. shadows, yeah. I have
1: a You might have my camera, you maybe were slightly dehydrated, you know. Yeah. You you basically yeah. kind of. No, was, no, it, no. You, I
0: believe that you had abs.
1: Okay. I yes. So number one. Wait, is this
0: the lying look you, where this? everything has been a false so hood? <laughs> <laughs> <There's laughs> really, okay,
2: cool. Okay, so that's number one. So that's
0: number one. Um, number two was um, I was senior year, junior year, we were in the gym, football, <laughs> lifting, and I had 405 on, and it was my one rep. Squat. Uh huh. Well, it was junior. It was definitely, junior. yeah, it was squat. And it was my junior year, and I remember Logan Mead, um, who was a nose guard, he got in my, he was like taking an animal stack. And like he was that guy with the Chuck Taylors yes. and, and the short shorts and the, the, the Gold's Gym shirt that came yeah. down to his knees. Um, long hair. He was an He was awesome. <laughs> Um, and he was like, <laughs> Seth, do it again. I was like, that's not what a one rep is. I was like, do it again. is the barbell's on my back. And was, he wouldn't let me rack it. So I did it again. Like, do it again. And I, I, like, I hit a five rep at 405 as a junior. And that's when I knew, like, oh, I I can be good. Like, I, I can, I can develop. And, um, and then the third being somewhere in college, I decided to like rip off a uh, a tough mutter, which is like a 10 mile 10 yeah. mile obstacle and i I had stopped running, and I didn't think I was going to complete it, but I heard that you could drink not water throughout the event. <laughs> okay. so I did it, and I completed it, and I was like, "Oh, running's fun and then I got into running and was able to like develop my running a lot until I was like thirty forty miles sessions so at um, the height of my running. I actually thought the third one was going to be
2: when you beat Tom Cox at a beer run. <laughs> do you remember that? When I do remember that. Our That's girl it. was, yeah. yeah.
0: That was epic. Yeah. He just, uh, I think it was, it boiled down to the selection of alcohol. He had, he had um, like, um, Coronas or something. No, I thought he had like, um, did he have a Guinness or something? No, why can't I not think of him? Stout IPA. <laughs> no, it wasn't even beer, I think. We're going to have to ask Tom. Like yeah, the seltzer? Yeah, I think he was claw. drinking seltzers. And he was getting a white cloth? Yeah, that's what it is. So I,
2: I think guy. that Tom actually has a hard time, like, chugging. I like, I think it was the yeah. drinking fast that was the problem.
0: Yeah.
2: And because I remember Lauren beat him, which I thought was amazing. <laughs> but I just also remember, like, seeing you, like, come out of the woodwork. I was like, what did
0: happen? How, how did he... That could be wrong. What's going on? You guys remember Liz Wilmuth? Yeah, that's yeah. that was it was her going away party. Yeah, her that was. Yeah. yeah, that was for her. Yeah, she and I used to do that like once a quarter in like 2016, 17. You would frequent
1: a a, a chug of alcohol. I right? want to
0: say to two, once a quarter, probably once a half year. I feel like we would do that. Yeah. And to, so to this day, I won't do regular grace because my beer grace time is so impressive. <laughs> I won't.
2: I'm not gonna. Wait. So what's your beer? Wait. Okay. So first of all, two forty. Okay. So you,
0: what is it, What? How does you? How do you do beer grace? Chug ten. Chug ten. Chug ten. Chug. You
1: chug ten, then chug ten, and then chug. Wait. Ten? So, so <laughs> That's just Chug just beer
0: ten cleaning jerks. <laughs> Chug a beer, 10 clean and
1: jerks. Chug a beer. Ten.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. So three beers. Audience, I've been dry for over a month. I
1: just want you to know. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, dry January. It's almost are hey, 240. Yeah, that's fast. Yeah. That's fast beer, too. I've got... Uh, th- there's
0: video footage. Oh, this I'm is no, I, I'm not, that's I'm the okay.
3: only That's the only workout that Hannah's ever beat Christy in. <laughs> that's beer grace. <laughs> yeah, it
0: was beer grace. That's, that's her funny. Claim to fame. Gosh. We used to... <laughs> Like I feel like we used to do Grace all the time, for, you know. But uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, that was okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so only do like Clydesdale now. The two twenty five with Casey and Char. Oh, yeah, God. yeah, that was brutal. <laughs> that was brutal. It was awesome watching you finish,
1: though. Oh man! So where did we leave on? So yeah, so the we ten took a, we
2: took a ten year span, uh-huh. right? Char, what do you want to know about Seth? Because yeah. I think I think from a time standpoint, we got a couple. A couple different deep dives into Seth before we got to go into some some then. In.
1: Mm. in the past five years, what have what have you learned that has been most transformative for you?
0: Um, <laughs> probably that it's okay, like it's okay to say that you love someone, <laughs> um, and I think it's okay to be vulnerable. To your point, so. Um, I mentioned Kendra and, um, I used to think that I had to take care of people. Um, and I was in a relationship that I felt that way and I did not love the person. And I maybe had mentioned my high school girlfriend that, um, things didn't work out and I was pretty beat up by it. And I I really kind of refused to allow myself to love someone for a long time and to be vulnerable and to be real, um, and Kendra through her authenticity um, and just the person she is like, so I think it made me beg myself to take a chance on being real, being vulnerable and opening myself up to unconditional love. Um, And so I learned that that's, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And, and quite frankly, that's, me being here is because I'm I wouldn't have done this six, seven years ago Um, and if I did it would have been the whole thing would have been a performance and I would have lied to you guys because I don't I didn't like who I was um, then so being a like I don't know someone who can't be real with people but someone who can because someone showed me that I'm worth it. It's pretty
1: big. Yeah. I think we had mentioned a little bit about you not feeling worthy of love and kind of performing to find love. I think part of that for me was also my relationship. It, It kind of stems from my relationship with my dad because that's where a lot of that came from for me was I didn't feel loved and cared for by my dad, but I felt like the only way to receive that really to receive it from other people was to perform and to meet their expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were flaws in me that I knew that people didn't like, and I would try to hide that.
0: Yeah.
1: Or yeah.
0: Did any good come from that for you though? Like that, that effort? Hmm. In any part. I'll say for me, I feel like there are things that I learned and there were good things that came from it. And now I'm working to kind of like tweak and fix some of the things that weren't great. And I think I'll be doing that for the rest of my life. But I I do see value in some of that effort that I put into myself. Um, Even though the intention wasn't great, I, I learned a lot. My Mm -hmm. case, my case being, I think I felt very, I felt like an idiot growing up. I thought that I was stupid. Um, and that's still my biggest fear is being an idiot, like not just being dumb. Um, well, thinking that I was dumb made me work really hard and found a lot of success in my education. Um, So, you know, I don't know that that's and I still am in love with continuing to learn new crafts and new ways of thinking. Right. So I -hmm. guess that's why I ask, is there something that you can hold on to that was good about that kind of darkness?
1: Yeah, I I would definitely say I learned a lot in that moment. What what you had mentioned, there was sort of like a drive for you. Yeah. Um, For me. Realizing that works. Uh, for me, equated to love from other people, um, I had learned and realized that I just burnt out. I, I really burnt out, especially in college. I wanted to do and be everything. And I had realized I can't be all things. I really can't. I'm going to fail people. And I, I think for me, that's when I had kind of switched and this is kind of why my faith with my like my faith um, with God kind of grew deeply. It's because He's a God that doesn't rely on works. Um, he's a God of grace, uh, and, and the story of the prodigal son hits me the hardest uh, because uh, for for people that might not know uh, the story, it's um, uh, this dad has two sons, and these two sons. One one in particular, the younger one, said, "Dad, I'm I'm ready for my inheritance. Give me my inheritance now." And father said, "Okay, sure." And gave and gave this kid um, his inheritance. Basically, kid takes all the inheritance and spends it all on whatever he wanted, whatever he wanted. And there's a point where he's run, he runs out of funds, and he's basically working for this guy feeding pigs or whatever and he looks at the pigs food and he's like man that food looks appetizing to me he's dirt poor has nothing and he realizes maybe if i go back home with my dad he would allow me to be like one of the servants in his home and as he returns back home and he's walking home the dad sees him from afar and runs to him um and gives him all the preciousness in his home the 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 ring, the the precious robe kills the fattened calf and says it, it doesn't in like, welcome home. Um, and the, the key thing about that is it, it doesn't matter what the son did because his identity and his value was in something bigger. And it's the fact that he is his dad's. And, and I think for me, I realized like, I'm not going to hit everyone's expectation. And how will I? I'm never going to be good enough. No matter how hard I try, I will run and, and strive the hardest I can, but there will be moments in my life that I fail and I don't, and I'm not adequate, but there needs to be something firm in my foundation besides my works. Um, and for me, that was my relationship with God. Um I really appreciate you sharing
0: that. I I think it's interesting because if I'm thinking that you think of yourself similarly at times to the way that I beat up on my own, you know, whatever my effort is at the time, like, I think it's important for you to know that when I look at you, I see one of the hardest working people in the gym, one of the most, like, technically proficient people in the gym, and one of the people that I think everyone gravitates to mm. and so I guess I, I only I could I, I think I wish that that was me so when I see you I, I don't see any of that I see these great things mm. um think so. well you're welcome but like it's a complex equation of all these things that we've discussed like, mm-hmm. those dark times and the things that you worked hard for, even though the the intentionality was maybe from a dark space, it it might have burnt you out, but, like, it helped. But so did the vulnerability and mm-hmm. your faith in God. Like, it's molded you and continues to structure you. And I've only, since I met you, I've only wanted to know you more because of these things. And that goes for Dave and Luke, but I'm talking to you, so...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I think I ended
2: it. Um, I think what you had said, I'm going to be thinking about for a while, about is there things that you knew came from a dark space and, and were not positive, but you like byproducts that you were grateful for. And because I, I think, you know, there's, there's some things that drove me, um, you know, we'll call it literally the clock 10 years ago. And I'm like, man, I'm trying to be trying to build my own empire. And it, and and if I would have followed that track, it would have ended my marriage. Right. It would have been it would it it, it brought me to a spot that was like untenable. And, and I saw that arc and I realized I had to get off that train because that's like, hey, this is not OK. And the overwork that it gave me, like I reap rewards from the inputs that I gave. Right. So there's things about that season that still were. I'm grateful for, it, even though I'm like, whoa, 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 like that. I, I can't, I can't be good enough, and, and so I'm, I'm curious about that. I'm, I don't have a statement other than like, I'm gonna roll around on that one because I think that's an interesting.
0: Talking about the shadow, yeah, like the yeah. So I'm. I'm not. I'm not a professional, you know, in in talking about that, but me too. And I've been rolling around that for, with that for. I feel like. Long, long time.
1: Hmm.
0: How to utilize that shadow? Um, how to respect it and keep it? At, you know, it's sadness. It's shattered. It's anger. It's it's all these things, right? And like, you can't just keep it at bay. You can't just not address it. It's part of us. Like that's, I mean, faith based. It's 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 part of us too. Like it, it exists. It's here. You can't just ignore it, right? And we're given grace for it, but good works can be done through anything.
1: Mm. Um, so, yeah, no, I, mm. I think that's mm. maybe one final question before we yeah. kind of move on.
2: I have, I have two things I want to know.
1: Okay. You want to go first? I have, I want to ask
3: something, or so I want to say something too, but go ahead. Why don't you go first? Oh, no, you go. I've been talking too much. You haven't. I feel like I've been talking too
2: much. No, it's, it's your, your podcast. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So first question, and we can we can address it later if you want, but you had said something upstairs that we asked you what you were excited about or what you were like, want to talk about. And 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 you said, well, I don't know. I, it, it, what came out of that question was that you are passionate about discussions that matter, discussions of hmm. consequence. And then you're like, man, I just, I'm not. And so can you tell me about that? passion
0: yeah um so i mean Luke had mentioned a pet peeve i think I, I, I don't know what what show it was that like <laughs> s- small talk was not his thing and I, <laughs> I i feel like dude i feel like i'm forced into small talk all the time i don't it's not i don't pet peeves will come but it's, it's not a pet peeve i just like i want to know you and i want i want god oh lord <laughs> I think I'm just now realizing this for the first time. I think I want to be known. Mm-hmm. Like I want, I want people to ask me things. I desire close friendships. Cause I, I mentioned my mm. church group growing up super tight. I lost that. Mm. I, my rugby group faded away. And, um, I see my partner in my life and she has these groups of close knit girls. And I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, <it'd be> <laughs> you know <laughs> no they engage yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. Great. but um i think i want conversations of consequence mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we're sharing ideas and uh i had mentioned that i care a lot about ethics and philosophy i i, and <laughs> I mentioned this to you once dave is it is like let's say you have an agreement or disagreement but you start to discuss it and it is of consequence you interlock with that person. You become an interlockier and you support the premise that you have, this 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 thought that you have with evidence or some basis and either agree or disagree. So and then hopefully. So hopefully you say something in an, and then or, or a or then um, response that doesn't make us further apart, but we work towards something that's unique and better than the parts of that conversation. So if Char has a thought and I have a thought, A and B, and we interlock and we're conversing about it, we can very easily, and we see this today a lot, I think in, in media, in news, where the conversations diverge and you become entrenched. Mm-hmm. It is just as easy, I promise you, to find the likes, the things that are similar, and build towards something better that is a sum of those parts, not a compromise, but something new and fresh. Think like verti- or not vertically, but horizontally and diagonally and just take different perspective. Those are conversations of consequence to me and they matter a lot. And I learn more about people having complex conversations like that, that are vulnerable mm-hmm. and unabashed. Um, and that matters to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: What's your favorite thing about Kendra?
0: It, I think it changes. There's just so many good things about her, how I'm vibing and how she's vibing. It changes mm-hmm. all the time. Right now, dude, she's an amazing mother. And it blows my mind. I had COVID and Obi had COVID over Christmas. My whole family had COVID. She escaped it somehow. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Christmas Day, like five out of six, uh, sorry, six out of seven people had COVID. Um, and she, she like kept that Christmas spirit, that passion. She took care of her son. She took care of her husband. She took care of her mother and father and sister-in-law when she could. She worked her butt off to just like keep that spirit that she'd been working for like that whole month. She had planned these events. We're going to go to do the tree and we're going to do that. (laughs) But she kept it up. Um, and she worked so hard. She didn't sleep for days, like watching over Obi and I, that type of effort and that type of love. It, it, it changed me and I'm in love with it. I want to be it. And um, so I think that's right now. Yeah. yeah. Other, it, it, I think overall, I, I feel like she's a gift. From God, that's not actual. She, you know, got kind of it like, yeah, here is a gift, right? But like for me, she's <laughs> she's nothing short of a miracle that brought life and unconditional love into my life. So that's like the overarching thing, right? Yeah. But right now, I'm in love with her being a mom. Yeah, it's awesome.
2: I feel like that's also a like a like a super outsized benefit that I was not thinking about when I was like <laughs> like trying to like make out with Megan like when I first met her <laughs> right I was like this girl's hot I think we should date maybe I could spend the rest of my life there oh my gosh she's an incredible mom what yeah. would I, what would happen if it was like if it turns out like she's like the worst <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know
2: like so so no right. like, oh, um
0: yeah like Kendra this girl's cute she really cares about people she she takes care of people she takes good care of her friends she yeah she she looks out i I think i'd like to be looked out for by a cute girl you know yeah instead of trying to look out for everyone all the time and having to be on point all the time
2: and i know um, not everybody has to be moms and there's like no yeah
0: right right right. i'm like
2: i'm not saying that i just i think that my comment is mostly that um thinking about what you said and also thinking about how grateful i am that megan is a good mom i'm like man I'm like I never would have thought of like it's not something I would have.
1: It was not on the dating questionnaire.
2: It was not on the dating questionnaire.
3: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of the dating. Will idea. you be a good mother? Yeah. Will you be a good mother? Is that a question on the dating questionnaire? It, it wasn't be. for David. No, it was like,
1: <laughs> do you? Could you put up with me? <laughs> do you, will you tell me that you like me? You like Bob Evans, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, one more example of what you like about Kendra. You guys read a
0: lot of books. We do read. She outpaces me greatly. I used to be much more into reading and and slowly kind of other hobbies have taken place, but she, I think she's planning on reading. like, okay. She made a book journal. Yeah. Yeah. For her, the book she read. I think she is prepared to read up to 90 slots in there. And I imagine this year. Yeah. This year. And I imagine she's a lot of books. I think she's she's completed one and like I want to say probably is ninety seven percent through like four of their books. So she's like one of those multi book readers, and so am I. As long as one's fiction and one's not. So if one's if one's uh, the art of living mm-hmm. and one is the ninety seventh wheel of time book then I'm good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, buzzers. there are only 15. Bosnos is, if you
3: listen to them, they don't count. So. It's true. I agree with him on that.
1: I I don't. I'm do stirring the pot <laughs> I'm stirring the I pot I only now. listen just because. You can't read. I can't read. <laughs>
2: That's true
3: okay okay we've been at bible study we've been making sure that he reads some yeah yeah, even this last time he was like i need to work on my reading so
0: hey char i have this dream where i compress books into like 15 to 30 page page readers so like all of the art of living i would just like compress that into like a 10 or 15 page pamphlet
1: in your dreams like, that,
0: that's like a pipe dream of mine. Mm. That would be nice. Yeah. So if that's something for you. you <coughs>
1: it's sort of... TikTok generation Yeah, people. it's sort of like putting... <laughs> I feel like there's money to be there. it probably is. Yeah. yeah. It's so, called yeah. Sparknotes, but yeah. um, it's mm-hmm. sort of like turning Dune 1 and Lord of the Rings... The Fellowship of the Ring or whatever into a fifteen minute Sean. YouTube video. No,
2: oh, no, no, no. They do that. They're taking yeah, the I, They're
0: taking water. the hobbits.
1: You're, you're killing Sean Bean right now. You're, you're killing Sean yeah. yeah. Bean right now. Um, I had a question, but I I think it it's not part of the mood anymore. So no,
3: no. I just want I wanted to say thank you for sharing, and also <laughs> yeah. I've really enjoyed learning about not only your psychology but your heart. So thanks for. Mm-hmm. Thanks for indulging me on getting to learn a, a new perspective, you know, know. a new, a new. Mm. I, I really i I knew that there were depths and layers, um, and you certainly didn't go into all of them, which is fine. But I, uh, we we we, briefly talked about the enneagram and hearing, mm. the eight and hearing also
1: the five come out. Mm. It's very fascinating. To me. What's the aim five again? For those who aren't up to date,
3: the challenger, and then the uh, what's Is the, that? The individualist? No, the no. curious person, right? There. No, the the one investigator. That, no, the professor. No, well, kind of. Um, yeah, they're like curious about the world. Yeah, like, very, very fives are very. Um, do you know what is? Mm. Competency-driven. I can't think of, like, the... I don't uh, like the... Calling card? for them. Calling card. Yeah, I don't like them, yeah. but... Yeah, the one who's... The one who is motivated by... Uh, well, eight is the one motivated by, by intensity, but then five is motivated by competency, and it's very fascinating mm. hearing those... Kind of, like, like, hearing you talk about that... Mm in your life like all across your life not just in one part just mm-hmm. you know it's very thematic
1: So I appreciated that but so. cool now mm-hmm. let's peel back a few more layers that heart and see what really pushes your piece who goes first of course Luke leads I, the charge yeah, of
3: course I go first I only have one this S- week sets the pace we talked about it in uh I don't have a big lead up I don't have a I don't have a big you know story to go along with it yeah, David I'm, I'm gonna be Pete yeah, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm kind
0: of disappointed I was uh, hoping that I would get to hear uh, like like a, amazing, little a little yeah okay. a little monologue um, that's my favorite part yeah,
3: <laughs> that's like, what you hate
2: no but but I've actually grown to like it it's like one of the guys jokes that you tell like a like a three hour joke yeah. and at the end of it he was like no yeah. it, I thought it was a dog but it was an alligator until they painted a yellow and cut off his tail like, what? which is actually a really good joke <laughs> but it takes three hours to tell so sure I, you're repeating this
0: week. I actually think this this section will be called <laughs> soliloquy by Luke like, it's,
3: <laughs> no that will be a different time yeah I um so I don't I forget I, I don't remember which CrossFit class I was coaching but we were talking about mm-hmm. everybody was being sick I think it was an 8 or a 915 yeah but we were talking about how everyone had been sick mm-hmm. and been sick for a long time People kept getting sick. People, a lot of people had COVID, and you know, some for some reason, cough syrup was brought up. And I think it was Justin Gulliver said something to the effect of how he liked the taste of cherry cough syrup. And I said, "That perk, you can leave." <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <coughs> I hit a button. <laughs> I didn't
0: mean to hit the button.
3: Is so, is it is it on? It's on now. Yeah. It's on? Okay. Cherry cough syrup. Mm. I remember my mom forcing it down my throat when I was mm. a child. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh. And uh, I mean, cherry. I don't like cherries in general. In, not a pet peeve, but I don't like cherries. They're not olives, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. But I don't. But I don't like cherries. I don't like ch- cherry flavored things. And cherry flavored cough syrup is like. It's up there with olives. It's not quite there, but it's almost there with olives. But I just remember my mom forcing that down my throat and I like me gagging and like, yeah, it was just bad deal.
1: I have two things about that. Imagine Seth bringing cough syrup and just hitting cough syrup with with the olives. Right out of True Detective. Yeah. (laughs) Bam. Second, I had that exact same story, but instead of cough syrup. I remember when I first moved to America, my mom was so adamant on giving me v- vitamins. So but these weren't the gummy vitamins. These were like the huge pill vitamins. Or soft yeah. vitamins and the worst one. She would she would trap me in a corner and <laughs> <laughs> of the gigantic fish oil. Yes. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, oh, oh yeah. And then you burp, and you're like fish oil.
2: Oh, oh. Yeah. oh gosh, I'm gonna throw up just thinking about that. It honestly, oh.
3: it
1: honestly was <laughs>
3: like traumatizing. Yeah. yeah. When 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 Justin, I think I'm pretty sure it was Justin, brought it up. Like I had like flashbacks to and like in my mouth. Oh. Of, yeah. Of,
2: yeah.
3: Of just that disgusting cherry cough syrup and it's like it's
1: <laughs> cough syrup so it's, it's kind of thick too and it's like oh I, I like hitting a good cough syrup here and there when i'm sick i, I kind of like cough <laughs> syrup. you can get high off of robitussin yeah yeah that's, where,
2: that's where that problem. song comes from it's robo tripping
3: yeah robo tripping i'll
2: play it those are two completely different we're songs not, <laughs> no i'll, I'll I,
1: we'll get banned. no we're no right no yeah right.
0: true yeah. Make Seth,
1: what what pushes your peas? Peeves. <laughs> uh
0: pushes your peas. I'm just thinking about that now. Like a soft pea soup. Oh, that's what like you're pushing them out. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought of.
2: I thought I was at the gym and there's somebody after me and I was putting the clip on for him and he's like, Nah, no, go ahead and put it right on the pea," and I was like, I'm oh, pushing pee. I was like,
0: I get, yeah. Well what? yeah, that okay.
2: It was yeah, My cool moment. Know.
0: My my um, pet peeves. I I kind of have a. I love your guys's podcast. It's amazing. I've had a conundrum about this pushing peeves thing, because I don't have. You don't hate anything. I no. That's actually the opposite of what's true. I nothing peeves me. Like nothing's like. Oh, that's annoying. I'll be on my way. Like if you do something that I don't like, uh, I'm judging you hard. And I have to go deal with that in my truck. Like I got to rock out to like, you know, immigrant song or something figure out my heart. Um, So that being said, I hate it when people have, because I'm so introspective and I think I'm always messing up literally whenever someone has, says like they have a peeve, I'm like, did I do that? Is, my, is that my fault? And so mm. I really don't like it when people have a peeve or uh, whatever, a grievance, and they don't air it to you. Mm. That, that, I don't think anything grinds me, grinds my gears. There we go. I don't have to say push the yeah. peeve anymore. Cross your pumpkin. Cross your pumpkin. <laughs> grinds my gears. I feel like that's a positive. Yeah, my No <laughs> Frosted pumpkin sounds odd, but um it really, frost that pumpkin. that that really that hurts my heart when people do that. <laughs>
2: Having people don't say
0: it, or like don't let you know, like Dave, I really don't like it when you don't brush your teeth. You don't brush your teeth, <laughs> and I just wanted you to know. Now, had you not have known that, you I would just always you you wouldn't know, and that that hurts our relationship. Mm. Well, but now yeah. it's better. I, I actually I don't care. You you do whatever you want. Okay. through your teeth. <laughs> But with your I've actually started <laughs> your so
2: so just for public service settlement, I've started brushing my teeth. I have my first root canal, which by the way, Casey is amazing at root canals, but I don't want to have another one. They're <laughs> way too expensive. Shout out to and Casey. And yes, shout out to Casey Warden. If anybody wants a dentist, Westernmost Smiles miles is awesome.
1: Yes, yeah. Sponsor.
2: But, and he actually, at first, Megan was like, This is I keep telling
3: too long of stories on your podcast. Um she was and like you were getting mad at me for, <laughs> for telling three hour long stories I wasn't mad I'm mad
2: you weren't I feel like I ruined your pet feed you did because I was like you had no lead up and i like I'm biz and then you're like halfway in mode David tell I, your story about the very
0: little okay. lead up he did have he accidentally hit yeah. a lot <laughs> Exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly <laughs> um, Megan said, She's like, Now well, do you have a uh, a root canal? Are you like are you okay? And I actually I told her, you know, I've, I've had thirty-eight years if not brushing my teeth. So here's all of the do- of the dollar amounts that i that I saved on toothpaste, <laughs> you know, which is you know, X per day. And and that's you know, so it's actually cheaper to get a root canal than to buy toothpaste for years and years and years.
0: But you just said you never want to get another one. I know.
2: That was pre pre that was like while I was in the waiting room and then I got it and I was like, Yeah, I don't want to do this again. <laughs>
0: So. so that's a pet peeve is your canals? <sighs> no. <laughs> yeah, why did you tell that story? Because I wanted because to let I you know I brush my analogy teeth. Analogy. Oh, okay, right. so I that feel, that feel like teeth. I just.
2: I feel like we should have a five-hour podcast because everything you say, I'm oh, like, man. I want to think about that. And by thinking about that, I mean, I want to talk through it because I'm an external processor. I can't think about things myself, yeah. but, but in doing that, it extends the time. And I feel like I get to learn less about you. I'm a study
0: table guy. So if that ever happens, like bring, let's bring our books and okay. like, <laughs> cause I'm, I'm into that. Okay. Do you have a pet
1: peeve for coaching? Like, is there something that pushes your peeve when you're coaching? People at 5 a.m. on Mondays do. Is that the only time?
0: Is that the only time you can? Maybe. Sorry, 6 a.m. 5 a.m. is perfect. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: dang, dang! Wow. dang. Wow. I have Get no complaint for wow. 5 a.m. Wow. What, what about six? Let's hear it. Ryan Bosler. <laughs> get body <laughs> don't peel back your little sorry care. no i love it. it it wakes me up it lets me know that it's time to rock and roll no get bodied. <laughs> sorry ryan i love you no no it's great this morning actually he said something he's like not today and he was like okay <laughs> respect i love that thank you but uh no i don't really have any peas about coaching it's the same thing that i just said actually like if there's something that i'm doing as a coach that is not appreciated or liked just tell me and yes. it will be fixed. Thank you. It's that easy. Have a have a conversation of consequence with good old Seth coach Seth. Yeah, it's that easy. love, yeah. That. Yeah. love that. Yeah. I love that. I wish the and same. It, Luke is my Luke is my favorite coach to have. Mm. Because of that. Aspect. He cuz Luke will tell me if I'm messing up as an athlete
3: or a coach. Can I just tell you I had a squat across from him today? Yeah. And I felt really um Really proud to be squatting across from him. Wow, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: I didn't know where you were going. Thank you. Yeah, I feel good I, about that. Because, yeah, I know where we're with you. Yeah. So it was, it was fun. Yeah. Do you hit the 7? I did 7 a.m. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did 700 pounds. I thought, yeah, I thought that's where you was going, like Well, I was confused. Like, okay. Well, I thought you hit the 7. you like, 700? <laughs> that's what I thought. I was like, okay. okay. That, that's crazy <laughs> I mean, that you
1: guys thought 700, but like... Because <laughs> that could be possible for Seth. Oh, no. Yeah. No. I mean, what's, it, what's, yeah. what really
2: is your PR, no, 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 PR for No, 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 no. I haven't, I haven't hit over 650. Um, I'm not. What
1: really is your PR for what? Uh, Give us your PRs and then we'll move to. In my adult life, 550.
3: 550. Yeah. Oh, snap.
1: Can I say my, um, the good thing? Oh, yeah. Oh,
2: the, yeah. Oh, vaping. we forgot.
3: We're vaping. <laughs> we're vaping. With an E. <laughs> So, so oh, I had a pet peeve. I'm sorry. Real quick, before your thing. You know what I another don't, pet peeve of mine is? That's when people interrupt.
0: I'm so, I know it. <laughs> I know that that is true, and I'm so sorry. It's when people give you a rough time. Or not a rough time, but make suggestions to your podcast. Your podcast is perfect. Don't change anything. They can they can love it either way. Don't shorten it. Don't lengthen it. I'm sorry, audience. <laughs> you're, my, you're my pet peeve. Oh, oh, Get body.
1: Also, if you do have any questions, link in the Patreon. You know what to do. No, I just wanted to to
3: give a shout out to a a particular person at the gym who has been at the gym for a while. And um, I think sometimes uh, I I try to. I I won't say this person is difficult to coach, but it's I've taken it as a. She's not difficult to coach. In fact, she's very easy to coach. However, I she's really helped me try to f- like help. How do I say this? Is, she's helped my improve my coaching mm. by um helping me realize that uh, where where I think people can go and where someone wants to go are often very different. And then, but that's not always. It, Sometimes that changes. So Paula Jackson, oh, shout out Paula,
0: PJ, shout out Paula,
3: Paula Jackson. Um, <clears throat> I I walked in. And this was I, I haven't coached nine fifteen in a while, and um, with the new coaching schedule, that I'm on 915s a couple times a week now. And I we were in the middle of a workout one day, and I look over, and she was doing kipping pull ups, and I was like, I I did like a. Quadruple take, and I was like, "She, she hasn't, she hasn't done those, and they looked really good." I was like, "I don't remember her having those," and I, I was just so impressed by the fact that she pushed herself. She was like, "Yeah," I talked to her about it afterwards. She was, and she was like, "Yeah," I, you know, I thought, you know, it would be really fun to do like a pull up, and then I just realized I could, I could do pull ups, and, and so I just do them now, and I was like. That's like, I always knew you could do pull-ups. Mm. And like, I, I really tried to like, like coax you into like trying them. And then, you know, not coaching you for a while. Then I come back and you're doing them. Like that made my heart so happy. Mm. So shout out to cool. Paula. That's cool. Shout out to Paula. I love watching people who, may, who, who maybe don't think that they can do something. Be able to do something like that. And for someone like like Paula, who's very soft spoken, who, um, you know, she, she's a, she's a hard worker, and but I think sometimes she she puts boundaries on herself that um, she doesn't necessarily need mm. to have, um, but she chooses to have. But then to watch kind of the training wheels come off, is just like, mm. oh, that's so great. Yeah. It makes me my my heart as a coach happy. So shout out to Paula Jackson.
2: Shout to Paula. P right Paula starts with a P there's times, times that you were coaxing that you were encouraging that you may some may even say you were pushing P. I and I
3: times when I crossed the line and I she got mad at me and yeah, and yeah. yeah. but it was all worth it Paula we've arrived
1: <laughs> you know yeah. look how
0: far we've come pull ups pull ups also starts with P
3: yes <laughs> I was
2: looking to try to weave a joke in about pushing P you know
0: I'm going to throw up.
2: <laughs> he drank the whole orange juice without pulp. All of it. He
3: yeah, and, and a whole of thing of cough syrup. Okay. And, and yeah. washed it down with a bunch of F50 SPF sunscreen.
2: Oh, you know, I'm going to throw up.
3: Two minute drill. Wait, oh, it's the bread. Oh. <laughs> The bread that looks like David. <laughs> Audience,
1: I don't even know how to explain this. We didn't
2: Brian. even get a picture. I ate it all before. we <laughs> put on the fancy on. All right. all right, two minute drill. You gonna go first,
3: Char? No. Yeah. Is it so? No same questions.
2: No. We can ask is
1: whatever questions we want. Okay.
0: This, this is oh, <laughs> Go.
1: Least favorite CrossFit movement. <laughs> Pistol.
2: Uh, the book that you've given to other people the most.
3: Common sense. <laughs> if you're an octopus, or would you rather have an octopus? <laughs> <laughs>
1: people know that one. What, what are you most excited to do with Obi when he gets older? Whatever he wants. Is that a
0: cop-out?
2: No, that's, that's, Whatever that's, that's he legit. Wants. Um, Billboard. The whole world can see. What it would it say?
0: Um, have a conversation today.
3: Mm-hmm. Nicki Minaj or Cardi B? Nikki. Yeah, baby. That was for
1: you, Kendra. <laughs> <laughs> what is the what is the favorite what is your favorite thing that you do at work currently? Uh protect uh
0: legacies, philanthropic legacies and plan to state gifts. I think that's awesome. People who leave Ohio State in specific things in their will, you're awesome. Keep doing that. Mm. Protect those students, protect research. It's amazing.
2: You have to pack one
3: pair of shoes for your gym bag. Would you pack it? Would you pack it? I know bulls. Yeah. Ketchup or mustard?
1: Mustard. If you had to describe yourself as an aquatic animal, what would it be?
3: This is the right answer. It's an aquatic mammal. Porpoise. No.
0: No? Okay. I just learned what a porpoise is, but <laughs> I got that wrong.
3: Yes. Walrus. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> Dude, you do look like a woman. 100%. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Luke,
2: you gotta ask the next question.
1: What? <laughs> um, um, what is, oh your, what is the mo- your favorite date you've ever been on with Kendra?
0: Aw. Uh, there was this one time, Glen Echo Ravine. It was one of our first dates. She was wearing this black dress and sitting on a rock in the middle of the stream, and I knew I was in love with her, and I was going to marry her, and I was going to spend like, the rest of my life there. Wow. It was just a walk at Glen Echo, and my heart was full. It has been since Next. What's your least favorite color? I'm colorblind, so Doesn't. all the ones that confuse me. So all Time of them. Purple, blue. Purple, blue. Well, wow. Are you actually? Okay. Co- are you actually colorblind? color deficient. Colored <laughs> color dumb. Color wow. dumb. that's that's what I was told. <laughs> yeah. Gents, any closing notes? Yeah. Walrus.
2: Okay. No. <laughs>
0: I, I'm not on
2: the I'm not on the aquatic mammal train.
0: I kind of appreciate it. I appreciate it wait is a porpoise a porpoise a mammal yeah yeah okay uh i appreciate that yeah walrus walrus like they're chill respectable
1: i like the tusks they are so freaking
0: strong there's an aspect <laughs> of walrus that i'll save it for later okay That's what's a good the, the one <laughs> uh
1: there's
2: a there's a movie where uh idris elba is a, is a walrus idris elba yeah in finding dory I'm in good. Good, oh. I'm in good company.
1: <laughs> yeah. like, and it keeps screaming this guy's name, but I can't remember what it is. So, thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me again. Yes, it, thank you very much. It truly was, um, like Luke had mentioned, it, it truly is fun to kind of see beyond um, and pull back some of the layers. I really do hope when people listen to this, that they get to kind of reflect on their life as well. Seeing ways that you had mentioned, the way you've grown, that you've looked back on your life, that you had realized, I want to grow and develop in these ways. These are some of the things in my life, some of the hardships that I've seen, I've recognized that I need to turn uh, from and run to, recognizing these are the incredible things about me that I need to start being okay with. Um, And honestly, pressing into... So that I can feel loved and cared for. And honestly, I, I do believe some of the things in your life that you believed when you were younger, and even now, are lies. And I think there are lies out there roaming around the world uh, that we feed to ourselves or people feed to us. Um, and it And it's really cool to see you reflect on that and say, you know what? Those things really aren't true about me. I'm not really dumb and i've worked really hard for that um here's why i'm not dumb and also it's incredible to hear that you have a partner in your life that supports you when i do those things so i appreciate
0: that and if i might like thank you guys for inviting me not creating a space where i don't feel dumb Mm -hmm. or anxious or threatened or anything like that and thank you for finding a spot where you you love, like, improving your community the way that you are. Like, you guys love this. And it it does something for, the, you know, your community. And mm-hmm. that's awesome.
2: I feel like um, I was really excited to get you on the podcast because I think that our gym is better by knowing you better. And I think that, uh, once again, I feel like I'm the biggest benefactor. And I feel like knowing your story even beforehand just hearing more of it and continuing to um i don't know i just feel like i'm better every time i spend time with you and i really i just appreciate you man and i like spending time with you so thanks for
1: being on the pod. thanks audience we'll see you guys in two weeks you guys want an olive